Welcome to the Heat of Command podcast, Mastering the Art of Fire Service Leadership. Where we, your hosts, aim to teach you how to use introspection and self-reflection to be your most authentic, genuine self, leader, and human being. And now, here are your hosts. This is Kyle Matusik. And Carrie Henderson. Thanks for joining. Welcome, everybody, to Season 2, Episode I'm not sure at this point what we're at, but we're on the Gen Z episode. I don't know the exact number, but if you've been following along with us, we have interviewed someone from every generation in the workplace uh, that, that's in the workplace today. And so t- um, today we have three individuals that work with me that are Gen Zers, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves just a little bit in just a second. But to get into Gen Z, we're looking at folks that are born between 1997 and beyond so probably a cutoff around 20, 2012 to 2014, somewhere in there. That'll be the next generation, which is Generation Alpha. But our Gen Zers are our technology folks. They have grown up with the internet for their entire lives. Some probably still had dial-up when they were young. But cell phones, I think the Apple iPhone came out in like maybe 2000 five or six or seven, somewhere around there. So cell phones and technology for their entire lives, very tech savvy individuals. Um, unlike Kyle and I, who, uh, the meme that we saw, uh, we adapt to technology, but fight it like baby boomers. I think we, it is. We like get that. angry so, about it. <laughs> yeah, get angry. We'll accept it, but uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> so, uh, Gen Z has seen a, t- a ton of tough stuff in their life. Uh, They may be the first generation that might not remember the events of September 11th, may or may not, depending on when they are born. But a lot of tough stuff that is probably going to uh, trickle down into the way they decide where they work and who they want to work for and how they want to be treated in the workplace. So we're going to ask these young folks here kind of their thoughts and opinions. They're nervous and they don't need to be because if you guys have been listening, you know that Kyle and I are silly and this is laid back and we just like to have fun with this. So uh, last episode, Kyle and I talked about how we have been looking at these generations and talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And that we believe like a lot of people that if you're born in these certain generations, then you have these characteristics. And, And, you know, to some extent that's true. But what we found in each interview is so many people don't really fit the mold. They don't fit the bubble. And so maybe we stop talking about it. I think it's interesting to learn what people were experiencing as they grew up. But I think it's more important to realize that it's not hard and fast. Just because I lived through something at the same time period as everyone else does not mean it it shaped me in any way or affected me in any way, or maybe it did a, a, a lot. So I think knowing the information is important, but more importantly, it, it doesn't fit for everyone. And we we might might need to start getting away from that. So, all right. So without further ado, I have three guests today. I have Jake Siles, Olivia Hudson, and Jacob Woodruff, and they are all Gen Z. So I'm going to hand the mic to them and they're going to tell us uh, maybe just a tiny bit about themselves and how old they are, because I think that's important for our listeners. So. Hello, I'm Jacob Woodruff. I'm 19. Hey, I'm Olivia Hudson and I'm 24. Jacob Stiles, I'm 23. All right. So we have some older Gen Z's and some younger Gen Z's here today. And these guys are really quiet all the time. So I might have to pry some information out of them. But <laughs> They're all super great, wonderful uh, rock stars in our department. So I'm really excited that they're they're on here with us today. So um, 
So looking on Indeed, and that's kind of where I've gotten the most uh, information about, really cool information about the generations in the workplace. So one thing that Indeed says that Gen Z is really interested in job stability, and that may be a priority when they're picking um, where they choose to work. So they're all just now starting to enter the workplace and um, maybe less like the millennials that came before them that were really into job hopping and, um, you know, just kind of a different priority when they looked for a career. So I'm going to ask these guys, when when you guys chose to come into the fire service, when um, you picked this as where you wanted to come to work, was it, did it have anything to do with wanting a stable job or is this something you just kind of always wanted to do? You want to go first? I think stability was important, but I graduated high school and immediately started working here. I did it because most of my family has been in the fire service and they always have good things to say about it. So they kind of persuaded me to join. I mean, I'd probably say the same thing. I picked it just, you know, all the layoff stuff you hear about in, you know, the workplace. I don't hear very much of like, you know, thousands of firefighters have been laid off or whatever. So I really just picked it for the job security. So one of the reasons I picked this job was for the uh, just to find something that was fun to do. I already had multiple jobs that I was stable with, but um, I was just kind of bored with what I was doing. So I just wanted to, I heard about this. I was like, this might be fun. So I thought I'd try it out and I've been loving it so far. Pretty cool. All different answers to the question here. Um, so I, I think that's that it's pretty interesting to see. I think it's the same reasons most of us got into this career. No different probably across the generations. I don't know about you, Kyle, but I can't, I got into this job because like um, Style said, I wanted something fun to do that was exciting and you're, you know, impacting your my community because I grew up here um, and you did too. So um, Jake grew up here too. Actually, who out of the three of them grew up here? So um, I think it's, that's no different than than anybody. How about you? Yeah, you know, for me, it was more like coming from the military. It was like either I was going to be a fireman or a cop, you know, to try. You always heard the fire service was paramilitary. Uh, I highly disagree with that statement. I, I don't think it's anything close to what the military does. Um, and I think the military is just a lot more progressive and advanced in a lot of areas compared to where the fire service sits. You know, and it's just interesting. That stability thing was always a big thing, especially, I think, for... When we looked at the baby boomers, Gen Xers, you know, it's stability in a job. And, you know, in Illinois, it's a lot different than Virginia. It's a, it's a union state. And um, uh, so stability was always, you know, it's a union job. You're safe. You're safe. And, you know, in my career now, it's like, well, yeah, you are. But um, there, it, it comes at a cost, you know. And uh, in Illinois, there's different ways about losing firefighters and a lot of what we see is you know losing firefighters through attrition they not necessarily lay off people but we're doing a lot more with a lot less people and that is kind of the course of action that is continuing and it's uh we're seeing a lot of problems with that um you know a a lot of problems mental health recruitment retention and so forth and you know so it's it's the stability in the job is there but the requirements of the job are drastically growing and we're not doing anything about those so it's kind of that 
you know, you're weighing the scales on what's more important, stability or, you know, that work-life balance or, you know, the stress of the job. We know it's a stressful job, but how much more stress could, you know, people handle, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's, it's just very interesting and it's, it's always dynamic too. you know, how it changes and, and, you know, them early in their career, it's interesting to hear where they're at now. And it's almost like, have the same interview in 10 years and ask the same questions and see where they're at. And that's the interesting part. How do we grow too? Yeah. And Olivia talked about, you know, recession and, and firefighters getting laid off. And I can remember back um, when, when the recession hit here and we were all working here and a lot of departments laid firefighters off and cut positions, didn't fill positions that were vacant. And here the stance was, we're going to keep everybody. You're just not going to get raises for, for a while. And so we lived through that. But it was important to see our department stand up and say, we're not cutting anybody and we're going to still fill positions the best we can. Um, you, the sacrifice is that you're not going to get a raise, which we all were. We were still grateful because none of us lost our jobs. So that was yeah, important. Yeah. For us, you know, like I said, in a union state, it's so different. And it, it really, I think, in enhance the us versus them type mentality you know the the village boards versus the union firefighters and there was a lot of challenges you know i got hired in 2010 you know in the day i got hired they're like yeah you might not have a job in a week or two and i'm like you're just like what (laughs) you just hired me and i might lose my job right away so it was a very interesting time and there were a lot of local municipalities around me that were laying firefighters off and uh, they ended up getting their jobs back just with the way the union contracts are written and when they're ready to hire again. So it was just a very interesting time and in, in what you saw um, in terms of how we maintain the level of service with people and how it was dealt with here in a big un- union state. Yeah, I still don't quite understand all of what you deal with there. With all yeah, it's, it's, it's just so politically, it's just so political. You know, and it's it's unfortunate, you know, the, the goals of every, you know, and we're kind of getting a little off topic, but the goals of everybody should be the same to save lives and property from the union to the village boards. Like, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, but it all, always comes back to the almighty dollar and this us first them type mentality. And it, like I said, it just changes that dynamic of what stability is, you know, um, especially here. Uh, it, yeah, it could be a safe job. You're not going to get laid off. But at what cost, you know? So there's always a cost to everything. So it's just interesting. Yeah, it is. All right. On a move on, something we touched on a little bit, uh, flexibility, flexibility in the workplace. And one thing I loved when I came in was the shift work. I loved getting a three day and a five day and a two day break. Um, you know, especially when I was young, I didn't mind working the 24 hour shifts, getting older, you know, I'm on days right now, but the thought of getting up at night again is like, whew. Um, you know, but I've always hated missing my kiddos Christmas and that stuff. So this next generation, these guys coming in, I, I'm curious, like, what do they think of the shift work? And would they, you know, Gen Z, the research says, wants flexibility. They want to be able to work from anywhere, maybe work, you know, we always say from a boat, the Bahamas or like um, have a flexible work schedule and kind of set their own hours where this schedule it's nice to have all those days off, but you know, you, you can't always get leave for holidays or Saturdays when you want to go do something. So I'm curious their perspective on what they, about the the shift in the schedules and stuff like that. So I'm going to start with styles this time. Um, I'd like to say, uh, I do like the shift, how it uh, ends up working out. Like all the days off we get, definitely we have these five day breaks where we can take small trips or even, tri- uh, 
trips anywhere really where we want to um the hours do suck sometimes when we do have to work on holidays but overall i know gen z we like to travel a lot so overall i do like how those shifts end up working out do either when you guys answered let let me know if do any of you have a second job i do not no uh i like the shift work just because the option's always there like if i want to do something um and I mean, it's kind of easy to plan. Like if, you know, friends or family want to do something, it's like, okay, I have these days off, you know, it's not super hard to try and plan stuff. Um, it's just kind of working with what you got. But I mean, yeah, those five days in a row, I mean, I like that flexibility to kind of be like, well, do I want to go somewhere? Do, you know, if I wanted a second job, cause I don't have one, you know, the option is always there. I just kind of like to have those open options. I love shift work because it opens up so much more opportunities to also do something else and make more money on the on the side. You almost have like a whole nother full time job. Yeah, I do kind of construction part time. Yeah. And I'm glad you asked that because I was going to um, wanted to get into that, too, about how, um, you know, these these guys. Well, some of them are in paramedic. So you you're two you all three of you. No, two of them are in paramedic. So. That's like having a second job as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Kyle and I talk all the time about enjoying your free time and work-life balance and how a lot of us screwed that up in the beginning of our careers and did not have a very good work-life balance. We just worked and we just lived and breathed fire department all the time, which is not bad. It's I I 100% love this job and I've loved my career and I've loved being a part of a thousand different things in the department, but I gave a lot up. For it so um i think it's great you know if if you can make it work and have a part-time job and i also think it's great if you just live your life and travel and do all the things that you can do because like we said and um aj said the other day you if if we worked 40 hour well i work 40 hour but if y'all worked a 40 hour monday through friday job we wouldn't ask you why aren't you working on saturdays and sundays right so you guys are working 56 hours a week that's what it averages out to here and like for so long it's like well what are you doing with all that free time well i'm in i'm enjoying it like i would a weekend if i had a monday through friday job so all right <clears throat> tally got anything on that you want to talk about yeah it, you know, it's just interesting how it's changed you know and i think it's a good change and i think it's it's been some hard lessons learned and you know i think that's a valuable lesson that we're passing on uh just by you know not necessarily talking about it but just by actions like hey you know you don't need to be doing this and you might have that old salty guy at the or girl at the firehouse saying, "Well, what's your part time job? You need to get in the trades." Blah blah blah. And it's like, no, I, I don't need to work more. I'm good. <laughs> you know, uh, um, you know, work, work, work. You know, this job will take everything from you, and um, we need that decompression time, and that's very important to um, dealing with the things we do, the things we see, how our lives are lived. So I think it's a very valuable thing and a very good positive thing for the industry. Agreed. All right. I want to touch on uh, something I read that was really interesting and I had never thought of. It's um, Gen Z is competitive, uh, raised in competitive, the most competitive environmental educational environments and are accustomed to receiving immediate feedback. So online learning and stuff like that, getting grades back and feedback almost immediately where I think some of us older folks are used to wait having to wait to get feedback so i'm curious like do you consider yourselves competitive and 
how do you like to get your feedback from your supervisor? So like, um, do you like, you know, would you rather them wait and give it to you? Or, you know, are you more accustomed to that immediate feedback? And, and do you think that's different for your generation than it was maybe for other generations? Yeah, go first. Um, I am not competitive at all, like whatsoever. Um, I just don't like being super competitive. It's never, you know, been a super interest of mine to be like, okay, I got to beat this person or be, you know, better than this or that. I just kind of go with the flow, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I don't know about the feedback. If I, I would probably say I like to get it, you know, kind of probably at a later point just you know if it's something that happened you know kind of get like your thoughts together and kind of think stuff over and then bring it to that person you know or bring it to me and you know after it's not so fresh and just kind of immediate reaction you know I kind of like that thought over you know feedback um but yeah I'm probably the least competitive person on the planet I don't, I don't know if it's a Gen Z specific thing but I feel like this whole job is kind of competitive everyone's like competing against each other to get promoted and be better in certain aspects and it's cool i like it everyone's striving to do the best that they can be that's for the the feedback thing it's nice having it pretty soon i guess yeah i would say gen z is very uh competitive um i think with this job it kind of makes it fun being competitive so you can be better than one another and can help us improve uh our skills trying to be competitive with each other um, I do like the immediate feedback because I am a very impatient person. So it is nice being able to get that information back pretty quickly so I can know, hey, I know I did this wrong or I can know what I need to improve on. It's, and that was interesting getting three three different uh, perspectives on that. I feel like I should have been born in this generation because I like some immediate feedback. I want you to tell me if I screwed up right now because I probably already know and I don't want to dwell on it and think about it. I want you to just tell me so I can move on with it. Uh yeah, so. it's like, you know, it's almost a product of society, right? I, I think back when we were much younger before the internet and all this technology, we probably just inherently had more patience than we do now. But you're right. You go to school, you know, if I, even when I started taking online classes, you get your results right away. When you used to have to wait a week or, you know, report cards would be coming in the mail and you'd be waiting for the postman so your parents didn't see the report cards. Now there's no way around that, right? You, they come to my email box. So it's just interesting how it's all changed and it's everything's just immediate. You know, you want results, you want answers, and it's like you can get them right away. And, uh, you know, it's a societal thing and it's, I get it. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. When I took paramedic and I took my national registry, I remember having to wait for it to come in the mail. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're just waiting. <laughs> get the results the next day. Yeah. Like, man, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so that this kind of leaps into, it's kind of something, a, a similar conversation about promotion and recognition at work where I feel like, Every generation in the fire service has been that competitive, like a lot of lot of people competing for promotion and wanting to get promoted in the workplace or in the fire department. And and indeed says that Gen Z is no different; that they they're um, a strong desire for recognition for their work, which can be different than wanting to get promoted. But then it does also say that they do expected expect to get promoted at um, at some point. And then this even says at least once a year which that would be, that's hard here, just the way our career ladder stuff works. Mm -hmm. But um, 
So I'm curious, these guys, are you already thinking about promotion and where you want to go with your career? Um, is there a position you're you're wanting to get to? Um, I, I think it'd be cool to do the best that you can do and get as most as you can out of your career. I wouldn't say I'd like to go all the way. I love being on the floor and love doing the day-to-day stuff, going to calls, whatever. But I'd say, yeah, I would like to go as far as I could until it doesn't become fun for any me anymore because – that's the uh, like coming to work every day and having a good time is what's most important to me. I'd say. Um, I haven't thought too much about promotion stuff yet. Um, just because I'm still relatively new, and I kind of like to get experience and like kind of see all my options or avenues, I guess, before I make any kind of decision. Um, but kind of like what Jacob said, I kind of, I mean, until it doesn't become fun anymore, then I'll probably make a decision. But as long as it's still fun, I don't really see, you know, why to move around a whole bunch. Um, I don't know if I see myself trying to be promoted anytime soon. Uh, I like the role that I'm in right now, just being able to be just a regular firefighter, just doing the day-to-day job. Um, I don't know if I could see myself being in the role of like a manager or like an officer being in charge of a group of people, um, maybe in the future, but I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, I think, and that's, that's interesting because I think when I first started, I knew at some point very early on that I wanted to, to be a captain. Um, I loved the idea of just the group dynamics and working as a team and being able to have some influence on that. And, and being a captain was like the best job. I had so much fun as a captain. I had so much fun as a firefighter and a paramedic and a driver and all that, but I loved being a captain. Um, and, and like these guys said, when it's not fun anymore, sometimes being a battalion chief, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> I right. wish I could go back right. sometimes. <laughs> uh, but I do love, I'm, it being in training is so, so much fun. So I have, I have really loved that. Health and safety was challenging when I was doing health and safety. That's a really, uh, that's a, that's a challenging spot to be in, but, um, training's training's still fun. Yeah. It's definitely a dynamic career, right? And that things change, you know, and, um, it's just interesting where you start off and your thoughts and then where it ends up going. So it's, it's fun to hear. Yeah, so let's talk about technology. Which I, the older I get, I I didn't I don't know if it happens like after forty or what happens, but I used to be really tech savvy, and now all of a sudden it's like I can't figure out how how to work half the stuff that I have anymore. <laughs> um, but you guys have grown up with technology, and um, I'm not sure how tech savvy all of you guys are, but the millennials were known as like the texting generation, and they texted all their communication or a lot of their communication, I wouldn't say all of it, but they texted a lot of their communication where some of the research on your generation is saying you guys enjoy having technology and it's convenient. You can do all kinds of cool stuff, but you but you prefer face-to-face interaction, which I love. I like to have a conversation with people. I always get worried when I send text messages that like the wrong thing is coming across. So I'd rather come to you and be like, hey, this is what I'm trying to say. It didn't come out right in a text message. So what is your opinion on like... What do you think about technology? Do you use it a lot? And what do you think about um, communicating with people? Like if you have to have a hard conversation with someone, is it easier just to send a text or is it easier for you to come find somebody and and talk it out in person? Uh, We'll start with Jake. Um, I like the idea of technology being implemented in the workplace. Uh, I think it's going to improve a lot of things, definitely in the EMS and fire side. I think with conversations, I prefer to have it in person just because... When you're texting somebody, I think you can misinterpret what they're saying, and then it just can be become a big mess. So that's why I like to have the 
face-to-face interaction so you know what's actually going on. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I think technology has its place and its uses, uh, good and bad. But um, yeah, in terms of like conversation with people, serious or not, I'd just rather either pick up the phone and talk to them or just talk to them face-to-face because, you know, I just feel like there's a lot of room to for people to kind of misinterpret things and when it's really just easy to just you know call somebody and say hey this is what i want to talk about you know instead of making it all confusing yeah if i got something to tell you for real i'll just call you i don't like texting it's hard for me to spell words on that little tiny keyboard but (laughs) that's awesome other than that in the workplace it's not bad it has a lot of cool features sometimes it makes everything harder though yeah, we've gotten a lot of new technology here lately in our department, and I feel like I am just floundering sometimes with it. I'm like, can we just go back to the old map books and rip and runs and <laughs> old stuff like that? Um, yeah, but, it's, you know, but, it, it's got its place, and I think it's very good, and I think it's, you know, really harnering the strengths of the younger people coming in that, you know, a lot of this stuff is just second nature to them. I mean... Just me and you trying to kick off this podcast and figure out all this Facebook and social media. It's like a headache for me. And what takes me three hours probably would take them five minutes, you know? And and so it's how do we just utilize those strengths? Because technology, it's there, right? I mean, we have drones now and what they can do with air packs and tracking of people and pre-planned software and software for that and software for this. Um, you know, and, and the young people, they just, you know, in school, they were taught all this stuff to, about software and app designs and all this stuff. So it's like, get the, this is a good spot to get them involved and, and start building, you know, what they can bring into the organization while teaching us how to do it, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I was having a conversation with uh, Chad Craner. These guys know him. He's in the, our AMT class. And I was, I was looking for people that were Gen Z's and I'm like, Hey, how old are you guys? And, and he was like, Oh, what's your podcast? And he said, Oh, are you on Instagram? And I'm like, I don't know if we're on Instagram. Kyle does some of that stuff. I said, I don't know. We do. And uh, we do have an Instagram, but it's not very, (laughs) right. He says, why aren't you doing reels? And I'm like, Kyle keeps saying we need to do reels because we can get a lot of information on short little birth, which would be really nice. We just, you and I are, too old <laughs> not, it's just not that yeah it's i don't enjoy it <laughs> i mean that's now, what it is <laughs> we need to start doing reels apparently so yeah. I'm gonna... all right well kyle do you have anything else for these guys you want to know i i do i i got one question and i'm i'm just genuinely curious you know every generation is impacted by something right we we become products of the environments we grew up in, right? And that's how we get these general characteristics of each generation. So my, my question to you three is, what is, I don't know, the biggest life event that you've experienced? Whether it's, it doesn't need to be personal, but like on the global scale, like what is a big event that you remember the most? You know, if you were in high school, grade school, middle school, like natural event, uh, natural disaster, political stuff. Like, what is what's that one thing that you remember from not that long ago for you three? But what what's that one thing that really kind of may have that big impact on you that you remember that happened in our world? COVID was pretty gnarly. I heard about <laughs> yeah two years ago. I was in the middle of high school and I, I just shut everything down. I actually had a good time though. I enjoyed it. I went to work every day and just had fun. Uh, yeah, I'd have to say COVID. I was well out of school at that point. Um, but I mean, 
I will say that it kind of made me more standoffish towards people because everything was shut down mm-hmm. and kind of a quiet person anyway. But since I, you know, didn't have to super interact or hang out with people, it kind of made it hard when it all ended. And I'm in a job where I have to talk to so many people every day. It's just, you know, just kind of a hard habit to break to where you're just hanging out with your, you know, not that many people all the time. Yeah, I would say COVID was, was a big one. I was working at the time when it happened, not in high school anymore. Didn't, I guess it kind of changed how I interacted with people every day. The job I had before, I was still having to talk to people all the time, but it made it harder because people didn't want to interact with each other because of COVID. So that definitely changed um, an aspect of how I treated and interacted with people. Yeah, I think that's you know it's really interesting, and and anybody out there listening that's in leadership roles, I, I you know we need to take a huge note on that, and we have three folks who are younger and experienced that, and they're coming into our industry, and they're literally telling us right now, you know, that the the communication stuff might be a little bit of a struggle. So how do we build and help them through that and develop strategies to to build on that? Because it was a very strange time. Um, but we had backgrounds, you know, and other things. So it was kind of a blip in, in our matrix for us while for them, it was extremely impactful and, and changed the way when they entered the workspace. So I think it's a very valuable information. We can look at that and start developing better strategies to build on the communication, um, areas w- w- within our younger people and, and help them along the way. We know this. They just told us, right? So this is the the information that we can use to really start progressing our industry and realize the issues that are coming. Because I think we still haven't seen the full effects of what COVID has done to the people coming into any employer, right? Not just the fire service. So, you know, now that we're getting a little taste of the things that have happened because of COVID, now, you know, it's time that we start developing those strategies to to build those weaknesses that occurred. Awesome answers. And I, th- I, you know, I really appreciate your openness with all of that. Yeah, that was a great question. Um, I, I'd like, I wish we would have asked our other generations what, what they thought about COVID when they were working. Cause yeah. everyone that we interviewed was working during COVID. And I know from my perspective, they, I was in, uh, was the battalion chief of, um, something training i think then I mean, yeah i was still in i was my first go around in training and they they sent us all home and i thought for sure i would like that i hated it i i hated it i felt so isolated i felt like i wasn't part of the team that we we couldn't communicate very well because you know zoom and all that stuff like wasn't we hadn't figured that all out yet and it, it was incredibly isolating and i was like can i please i can i please just i promise i'll sit in my office with the door closed can i please just come to work and I did not care for it. Yeah, it was pretty. I mean, for me, my kids were just about preschool, I think. So it really wasn't that, you know, and I still had to go to work every third day. So, and, yeah. you know, and, and my wife stays home and, and runs the house. So not, I mean, it changed for her, right? Like she she had more work on her plate. Um, but for, for us as a family, like it really didn't change that much. I mean, there were some weird things we did at work, like, you know, make our kitchen table bigger. So we sat six feet apart from me. I mean, it was just weird stuff, right. That didn't make much sense. But, um, you know, other than that, it was just business as usual for us. Yeah. And and once, you know, here we, we very quickly were able to come back into the office and then things felt 
you know, normal again, because yeah. we were all back together. And I, it, I think that was kind of the blessing of working in public safety is that we didn't all have to stay at home the whole time. So we kind of got to have some normal, you know, a normal life during all of that, because we were all together still. And which was nice. It was just crazy navigating a husband on shift work and I'm at work and my kid is doing distant le- distance learning and he's at home. And that was kind of crazy. Yeah, I remember the, the the lockdowns. I remember I was on shift the night the lockdowns happened, and I drove home the next morning, and yep. like there was nobody on the highway, and that was just eerie. <laughs> I was like, "This is weird," you know. But for us, life continued, you know. All right. Well, ready to wrap this one up? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, you guys. Yes, thank you. We appreciate you guys coming on. I know. It, I know you guys are kind of nervous, but super laid back and. um we greatly appreciate you you coming in and chatting with us. So. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll do a uh, we'll give you grades and we'll send them out to you as, as soon as we get them drafted. <laughs> we'll make you wait a week for them though. Seven to ten business days. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, until next time, uh, stay tuned. We may try to throw an episode together with maybe some experts from Gen Alpha. Maybe. Maybe put our kiddos on. That would be a riot. But uh, uh, just to close out real quick next week, we're going to be at the uh, Virginia Fire Rescue Conference, right? Oh, yes, we are. Uh, Yeah, Tuesday to Friday. And Kyle and I will be speaking on Tuesday and on Thursday. And then we're going to try to get a live episode out of the podcast either Wednesday or Thursday. So, yeah, just stay... on our social media, we'll let you know what's going on, how the conference is going, and hopefully get some uh, live stuff out there for you. As we wrap up another episode, this has been Kyle. And Carrie. From the Heat of Command podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please make sure to follow and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. And as always, we love the feedback. Keep it coming. See you next time. Mm-hmm.